Those things that are being handed out are just the, the slides that you're going to see here. I made them for those that are in the parking lot so they would be able to see, but I don't think we have anybody in the parking lot today. So We're going to continue with our study of what we believe this morning. Last week, we talked about salvation, and we talked specifically about regeneration, the part that redemption plays in regeneration, new life, born again to new life. This week, we're going to talk about some other theological concepts or theological aspects of salvation, and that is justification, sanctification, and glorification. These are all uh, things that happen at salvation, and so they're just different aspects of salvation, different theological points. Now, it's going to be a little bit of a Bible drill this morning. The, the verses will be up here behind me, and you have them now if you have one of the, the handout sheets. But we're going to be in Romans 3, Philippians 1, uh, Philippians 3, and 1 John 1 uh, as we work our way through this morning. Because each of these have a, a concept that I think builds into the idea of justification, sanctification, and glorification. So first, let's, let's quote from the article from the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 on salvation. We read this part last week. But salvation involves the redemption of the whole man and is offered freely to all who accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who by his own blood obtained eternal redemption for the believer. In its broadest sense, salvation includes regeneration, justification, sanctification, and glorification. There is no salvation apart from personal faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. And so picking up on justification in letter B, justification is God's gracious and full acquittal upon principles of his righteousness of all sinners who repent and believe in Christ. Justification be brings the believer into a relationship of peace and favor with God. Sanctification is the experience beginning in regeneration by which the believer is set apart to God's purpose and is enabled to prog progress toward moral and spiritual maturity through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. Growth in grace should continue throughout the regenerate person's life. And glorification is the culmination of salvation and is the final blessed and abiding state of the redeemed. So let's look at each of these one at a time with, a, with the verse that supports this idea, first justification. And I chose for this verse, uh, Romans 3, 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So a few things to consider about this verse and about justification, what this verse tells us about about justification. First of all, all have sinned here in verse 23 is in the active tense. And so that, is, that means that those who are still in sin can still be justified. But it also means that those of us who know Christ can, are still being justified. Because we, it's not as if sin stops the minute we place our faith in Christ, Right? We continue to, to struggle with sin, and, and while we struggle with sin, 
we are being justified. Now, justification it, it freely, uh, as it says, justified freely is a present passive. Passive meaning that it's happening to us or for us or in us, not something we do. So we get this backwards because we think that if we do enough good stuff that we might be able to justify ourselves. But that's not how the justification works. Justification works from God. It's a passive thing happening to us and for us and within us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit within us. But it's also present, and that means, again, that, that it's not a one-off one thing. We are being justified as we go through life. We are being justified. Faith in Christ means you are being justified. Now, justified is to be declared righteous by God. Now, does anybody here think that they could stand before God as righteous? None of us can. But we are declared righteous by our faith in Christ. We are being declared righteous, present tense, because of our faith in Christ. So, our, our, we place our faith in Christ, we give him our sin... And he gives us his righteousness. Pretty good trade for us. He takes our sin and gives us his righteousness. And then it, the verse says, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We talked a little bit about redemption last week. It is the price paid to free a slave. We were slaves to sin and we have been paid for. We have been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ so we are being justified because his work on the cross redeemed us. It, it's finished work. So we have this idea here of the past, the present, and the future. We, uh, in the past, we have been justified by, by the cross. We are being justified because it's in the present tense. And we will be justified because he will continue that work. And I want you to notice that it doesn't say that this justification is for the, the, the holy and righteous ones, right? It's not for the religious ones. As a matter of fact, we start out with all have sinned. So if you're part of all or part of ever sinned, then you're being justified. Everyone who places their faith in, in Jesus Christ is being justified even while we still struggle with sin because the redemption price paid was paid in full. Sanctification. This was our weekly verse uh, that, that Pete read earlier. Philippians 1.6 I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now sanctification comes from the Latin word sanctus, meaning holy. So sanctification is literally the process of being made holy. The, the work of the Holy Spirit applying our born-again life, our regenerated life to us and within us. And Philippians 6, or Philippians 1, 6 here says that, that God will complete this work until the day of Christ Jesus, the day when Jesus comes to take us home. That's when we'll be finished. So... 
A few points out of this verse. First of all, God's not done with you yet. Now, I hope that's good news for you. It's certainly good news for me because I'm not who I, I wish I was, especially sometimes. But God's not done. He, he started this work. Notice it says in, in Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you. So it's God's work that started in you and it's God's work that is continuing in you until you're done, until Jesus comes to gather you home. God not only is still at work in you, but he will complete this work in you. Now again, I think we get this back, we get this mixed up. With God, it's always about being before doing. Always. Being right so that we do right. It's an internal work, not an external work. We get this wrong because just like with justification, we try and pile up enough good stuff to outweigh the bad stuff. We try and be justified that way, and we try and do our own work that way. We try and make, make what, what God is doing in us better by all the stuff we do. This is a work of God that he started and that he is continuing to do and that he will complete we will be right, and therefore we will do right. You know, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about um, how we were made when we, t we studied mankind. We talked about how we were made in the image of God. And I bring that back up right now because I think we remake God in our image. Here's what I mean by that. Have you ever thought, as a Christian, well, I can't, I, I just did this sin yesterday, and here I am confessing it again today. At some point, God is going to just not forgive me because I've just, I just keep doing this same sin over and over and over again. And, and, and I did it again yesterday. I did it again this morning, maybe. And now I just can't go to God with it again. That's remaking God into our image because that's who we are. We have limits on our mercy. We have limits on our grace. We have limits on our compassion. We decide it, 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 if somebody wrongs us, we forgive them. And they wrong us again, and we forgive them. But at some point, we run out. We have our limit. We're no longer going to forgive them. Fool me once, that's... That's on you, but fool me twice, that's on me, right? That's how we think. We, we remake Christ into our image because Christ feels compassion and mercy and grace completely untainted by sin. Completely untainted by sin. What I mean is his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness and his compassion has no limit. None whatsoever. Even our compassion has limits. We see somebody that needs help, and, and we want to help. And we may even help them, but we, we say, well, well I, I can give you this much money because th the rest of this is my lunch money, right? Or, or I, can, I can help you, but I've got an appointment I need to get to, so I've only got a few minutes. Our compassion has limits, limits of selfishness, frankly. 
because we, we, wanna, we, we can't give away everything we have, and we, can't, we, we just don't have unlimited time. We have other things that we have to do. Christ has no such limit. He has no such sin. There's not a selfish part of Christ at all. And so his compassion is completely without limits. So when we come to Christ with the same sin yesterday that, that, that we had the day before, or the same sin now that we had this morning, he doesn't have a limit on his mercy. He doesn't have a limit on his compassion. He doesn't have a limit on his grace. He is completely without sin, and so he is completely untainted by sin. Psalm 103 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious. God has no limit on his compassion or his grace. As a matter of fact, if you read through the Gospels, Jesus heals the sick, casts out demons, feeds the, the hungry, um, heals lepers. He does everything. And, and it, in each of those times, it says Jesus had compassion on them. And he, his compassion is without limits. Unlike ours, so we cannot remake Christ into our image. We need to keep Christ who he is. Because then we understand that he came here he came here to save you from your sin. That was his mission. He talked about it consistently in the Gospels. He came to save you. And so when we come to Christ again for forgiveness today that we had to have yesterday, we are glorifying his mission. We are, we are glorifying why he came. We are agreeing with God that that. He came to take care of this problem that I have because we all have a sin problem. And, and our sin problem is solved in Jesus Christ. Solved. Now, I added 1 John 1.9 into this discussion because I think this is a, a, a critical part of sanctification is understanding that we need to be continually forgiven and cleansed. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These verbs here, confess, forgive, cleanse, they're all active verbs. There's no hint at all of this being a one-time thing. In fact, there is no scripture that says, Jesus will forgive you up to this point, but then you're on your own. Or, or that, okay, I forgave you that before, and so I'm going to forgive you again, but my forgiveness is going to be less this time. There's no such thing in Scripture. Scripture says again and again and again that, that Christ has compassion, that he has mercy, that he embodies the grace of God. So as we confess, ongoing, active, he forgives, ongoing, active, and cleanses us, ongoing, active. It's the only way sanctification can work. We cannot become, we cannot be made holy if we are not continually and consistently cleansed and forgiven. It's the only way we get to holy. 
So I want you to, to reconsider when you think about struggling with this sin and, 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 and having, having come to Christ with it again and again and again, that this time maybe he's not going to forgive me. That is the enemy whispering in your ear. That is not who Christ is. Christ came to forgive you. We, we literally glorify why he came when we confess our sin and accept his cleansing. And I want you to notice in, verse, in, in, in 1 John 1, 9, whose righteousness is this based upon? Whose faithfulness is this based upon? God's, not yours. It's not about how faithful and righteous we're, we're becoming. It's how faithful and righteous God is. So we continue to, to confess. We continue to accept forgiveness and cleansing. We continue to be made holy that way. And glorification. This is Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. We are citizens of heaven. We're here doing the work God's given us to do until Christ comes to take us home. And when he takes us home, we, we are transformed into the likeness of his glorious body. Well, what is that going to be like? We get a little bit of a view of it in the Gospels. We see the post-resurrection body of Jesus a few times. The first time, he, is, he appears in a, in a room that the door had been locked. Remember, after Jesus is, is crucified... The disciples all closed themselves into a room and locked the door. They're afraid. And Jesus appears in that room in his resurrected body, his glorified body. Now, he still has the scars from, from crucifixion and from being stabbed in the side. He still has the scars because he, show, he asked Thomas to touch them, right? But he has no after effect. You know... I'm, I'm kind of at the age now where I'm really paying for the stuff I did to myself 30 years ago. Mornings like this morning, I sound like a junkyard in the wind getting out of bed. We're still paying for our mistakes in our bodies. Jesus, we know he was beaten, he was whipped, he was crucified. He was stabbed with, with a spear. We know all that happened to him, and yet... In his glorified body, he shows no after effect. No ill effect whatsoever of what he just went through. So our glorified bodies, oh, he also eats with Peter. He eats fish with Peter. He walks on the road uh, with, the, with the two men to Emmaus. So we see physical things being done, and we see that he has no after effect of, of the, the terrible, horrible death that he suffered. That's the body we're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that body. Because as I said, I made mistakes 30 years ago that I'm paying for still every morning 
especially in the winter. We have a body waiting for us that will be glorified, that will be like his, that will be above and beyond the pain and suffering and, and after effect of the mistakes we've made and the sins we've committed. So salvation includes regeneration, which we looked at last week, born again to a new life. It includes justification, being justified, being declared righteous, even while we are still struggling with sin. It says that we are, just salvation includes being sanctified, being made more like Christ, a work that began in us at, when we placed our faith in Christ and continues in us until Jesus calls us home. And then we will be glorified. We'll have a body like Jesus has, a body that is no longer paying the price for our mistake and our sin. Above all pain and above all sin. That's what we believe about salvation. Do you have salvation? Do you have new life? Are you being justified? Are you being sanctified, being made more holy? Are you looking for the glorified body? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Salvation is a simple prayer. We first just acknowledge that we have sin in our lives. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died to redeem me. He paid the full price for my redemption. And so I ask you to give me this new life. Regenerate me. Let me be born again to new life in you. Begin your work in me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, let somebody know. Maybe this morning you know Christ but you're stopping the work of sanctification. You're hampering God's work in you. Will you this morning, right now, no longer withhold confession. Confess your sin. Agree with God that that's why Jesus came. Don't remake God into our image because his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his compassion has no limit. Father, it is our desire to be sanctified. Continue the work in us as you promise. Continue to remind us that we can come to you with our sin again and again and again and again because your mercy has no limit. Your grace has no bounds. Your compassion is completely untainted. Continue your work in us, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen.